talk about no priorities. That's K-N-O-W priorities. I'm Randy Skopasek, and in this podcast, we'll talk with people in the industry about product prioritization. Our guest today is Mark Grabanski. He's the CEO and creator of Frontend Masters, which is dedicated to teaching advanced web development skills. Previously, he was heavily involved in open source and created one of the most popular UI elements on the web, the jQuery UI date picker. He has spoken at over 60 conferences around the world, created conferences, and blogged to hundreds of thousands of readers monthly. You can find and follow him on Twitter at one mark. That's the number one, M-A-R-C. To start off, how do you typically go through the prioritization process and such? Or how yes. does that work for you in your arrangement? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a funny question because, you know, as being an entrepreneur for like 15 years, um, I'm always kind of trying lots of different things. And so my, you know, my prioritization is always, you know, what experiment can I try next? Mm-hmm. And you're always trying to, you know, validate uh, whether customers actually need your thing, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we all have ideas and, you know, intuition of, you know, things that we want to build or things that we think the market, you know, needs. But the reality is you could build something perfect, but, you know, your timing's off or, you know, you're asking for too much information or, you know, you, you know, you just executed a little bit off or your go to market, mm-hmm. uh, you know, strategy. Uh, people don't like the way that you're presenting, um, you know, your your product to them or whatever market yeah. positioning, uh, pricing, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, sort of kind of the fake it to you make it uh, philosophy where you put up lots of experiments see if people are, you know, loving the thing that you put out there and or mm-hmm. actually I I actually change it up and I I kind of practice something I call hater driven development which <laughs> is um I try to get stuff out there that people want and it may not be the right execution of it it's just that they have a burning need and burning desire to have this thing right and mm-hmm. so they hate on you because uh, you know, it's they have a done. real need. Well, it's not done well, or, yeah. or, or it's just not executed properly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there might be something that you just didn't do correctly, um, you know, that they need. It's not solving the need entirely, but the need is there. So if they're yeah. hating on you, that means that they need this thing right now and they thought you were the solution and mm-hmm. for whatever reason you weren't. And so um, you get a hater, right? And, and honestly, I... <laughs> I practice hater-driven development because if nobody hates it, that means that you know a lot of times nobody's even using it. Nobody cares, right? So the, yeah. you're actually fighting apathy, right? So it's just putting out lots of different experiments, um, seeing if you can get that hate <laughs> because then that, that means that there's a real need there that people need fulfilled. And then how can you, um, you know, listen to that feedback and you know, resolve um, you know, the things that they're actually trying to get um, uh, you know, accomplished. And so that might not be, you know, answering your question directly, but, yeah. you know, in general, like that's my mindset when I'm going into everything is 
let's let's put out experiments let's see whether it's a new feature or whether it's a new you know landing page uh ad campaign anything you know just get it out there if if it's kind of broken or you know we know it's not doing everything that people need that's okay like they'll tell us and they'll be trying to use this thing they'll be trying to click a button they'll be trying to you know do this thing and and it just doesn't you know and 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 you can use that feedback and say okay um how do we uh you know really solve the needs and and uh you know honestly right now with my product you know in the early days there was a lot of haters and right now like people are really loving it and i get these like you know great testimonials and um you know, constantly. And so solving those things that people actually, you know, solving the, th- you know, using the hater feedback, right, to, to make the product good has really paid off in spades because now, you know, people just, you know, I just get way more love than I get, uh, you know, any other type of uh, communication yeah. from customers. Yeah, well, it, your, your product is pretty interesting to me because uh, given all the other training and I know I'm generalizing too much. The different training yeah, no, sites out fine. there. Yeah. Uh, front end masters, as I understand it, uh, you typically reach out there and try and find the experts in that particular, or the people who help build the technology yeah. themselves. Like yeah. you did part of uh, part of or all of. I don't remember the exact spec of the jQuery UI. So yeah, you could teach part of that class yourself if that was a particular one. So yeah. that that's an interesting niche yeah so i created the jquery ui dip picker which was like one of the most used ui components you know on the internet for like over five six years it might still be i haven't looked at the stats recently but um basically you know most websites used it to select dates and uh you know that you know that piece of javascript that was installed on so many websites um you know i just gained a ton of experience through that Mm -hmm. and I, i just shared my experience uh you know with that and other things I was doing at conferences. And so I spoke at like 50, 60 different conferences. And, you know, through that, and then I started running conferences. And through that, I just was able to meet tons of really interesting people, you know, in the industry and mm-hmm. people that I really wanted to learn from in depth. And uh, I didn't feel like there was a good platform. You know, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, platforms out there. Um, there wasn't at the time, but I mean, it wasn't in the way that I wanted to learn, right? I like, the in-person interaction, you know, I like to teach that way, right? I like to, you know, have a conversation, see their face and see whether they're not getting it or they're getting it and and respond to questions and stuff. And, you know, screencasts are just kind of a one-way show. And, you know, sure, there's a discussion forum, but it's it's not captured in the actual medium. Um, And so I found that to be frustrating because I created uh, screencast courses. You know, I, I, I... I found it to be frustrating because I don't like talking to myself in my basement for five, you know, five hours a day for <laughs> five weeks and yeah. having no product out the door, you know, it's just, it's really frustrating. So, um, yeah, so it just figured out this process of turning, you know, an in-person class into something that's enjoyable to watch after the fact. And that's, you know, a lot of production, cool. um, and a lot of, uh, you know, learning and bumps in the road. Along the way, like I said, that experimentation and hater phase so, kind so of ironed it out. <laughs> from from the experimentation and hater-driven development or prioritization, yeah. Uh, yeah. do you typically take any of those ideas and after a class or during the middle of it when there's a break, like go to the front and say, what do you all think of, about this? Or 
you know, do, do you drive any feedback in those classes? Because I know you've got two two branches to deal with. You've got the yeah. in person and how you may or may not gather feedback there, and then all your online customers, which may be the same. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, during the events, it's a little bit different because it's kind of case by case basis. I try to prep the teachers. I try to um, you know let them do their thing. I mean, you know, primarily the content they've already given at places, so it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, during the event, I'll just kind of walk around and take pul- pulse of the room and kind of talk with people and see how they're feeling. Um, but, you know, developers like uh, to give feedback, you know, through chat and through email. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people throw like one off comments to me and we use Intercom, uh, which is a fantastic customer relationship tool um, where they can just kind of reach out over Intercom to me directly and I can, you know, get that feedback. And then we also send out feedback forms after the fact. So on a per course basis, I can pretty much tell you whether it's going to be a hit or not based on, you know, how many people are showing up at the event at all. Like, mm-hmm. what is the interest level in the topic? And then also, you know, the feedback after the f- fact. Like, you know, if it's, you know, 45 people all rating it five out of five, like, then we have a huge hit on our hands. And, you know, that's, that's yeah. you know, that's magic when it happens. But yeah, also we, we uh, a little, one other thing that we do that's different is we have live streaming um, the entire event and there's a chat that everybody can chat in. And so we cool. oftentimes have over 100 people, you know, online, uh, you know, that have tickets, they're online and they're chatting and asking questions there. And I watch the chat room with, uh, you know, Mark, who's usually Mark with a K um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, or Will or, you know, we, we have a couple of guys that rotate out as moderator and they watch the chat room. And so you can really get a sense of, you know, between talking to in-person attendees, talking to the online people and really like the online people participating in the live stream is exactly like our product after the fact. Right. So yeah. if the online people are happy. Um, then the people watching the videos are going to be happy because it's the exact same, uh, you know, it's the, it's the exact same thing except for the live people can actually ask their questions and get their questions asked, you know. But yeah. if you're watching the video, it's just like you're participating and other people are asking things. So it's it's a pretty much one-to-one, um, you know, it's exactly, as it's recorded live, is exactly what you get after the fact, you know. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm trying to kind of think through this a bit in, in hater driven development. <laughs> yeah. I like that key term a bit. Uh, it's, I mean, it's perfect. It's, yeah. It works. That, yeah. That, that's that's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> if nobody's hating, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's very true. You don't even get any traffic on something and yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. cares. Uh, so, I mean, you have to kind of balance all the, the priorities of what is, uh, What's the next course that's coming up? I mean, I, I thought I saw somewhere on, on your site where you've got a couple upcoming courses. Yeah, we actually have else. 17 courses in production. 17 um, in production. So, yeah, new, yeah, courses new. That, that aren't on the site. And then we have 32 courses on the site right now. So at, after those 17 are done, or in the phase right now, how do you yeah. currently determine, okay, what's this next course? Because it... I mean, are you attacking that as that yeah, so, experimentation phase or yeah, <laughs> so as far as identifying you know identifying new contents and identifying trends and always being uh, ahead of the trends, you know we typically are pretty ahead of it, 
you know, honestly, it's just me being in the industry for over 10 years and knowing, you know, what's going on and, you know, being on Twitter and being participating in the discussions and, you know, having all these people as, you know, essentially friends of mine, um, yeah. it's, it's sort of like pretty easy for me to identify trends and see, you know, kind of what, you know, and if I really, you know, wanted to reach out and ask people, what are the trends, you know, we do like a poll, you know, um, at the first of the year and we say like, here's the topics that people have requested, you know, feel mm-hmm. free to vote on them. And uh, so we get, you know, some voting going on from the community and, uh, you know, that helps kind of identify yeah. some some key areas. But even that, I mean, isn't super reliable. I mean, because what people, you know, vote on that they that they want is not always necessarily what they really want when it comes to, you know, putting a credit card form in front of their face and buying the content and applying it to their job. So, I mean, yeah. really, you know, what it boils down to is I, I sort of built this thing for me, right? Yeah. I mean, the initial five workshops, you know, I was teaching and then I brought in, you know, sort of experts that I wanted to learn from who are also my friends uh, to teach. So it was just, uh, you know, in general, like I just, I am the industry, you know, I, I am part of it. I'm, you know, one of the, you know, the user interface developers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I'm just like my target audience. And, you know, I know that makes it easy. You know, people, dog yeah, too. I mean, people argue like, oh, don't create a product for yourself because nobody will want it. Well, I mean, to be it, honest, it uh, yeah, it, it worked in this case. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm part of that industry and it's it's fun to you know, reach out to people that I would love to learn from and they say yes and they come do it. And I'm like, that's awesome. I get to meet this person and, uh, you know, <laughs> hang out after the fact. And, and uh, you know, as well as, you know, obviously during I get to learn from them. And so I just try to bring out people that I want to meet and I want to learn from. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been awesome. So it's completely selfish at that point. I just want I want people to. No, I'm just kidding. I yeah, just want people I mean, to come over much. here so I can. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, if, if I get value from it, everybody else is going to get value from it because I am the same as, you know, my attendees. You know, I yeah. I used to go to conferences. I used to speak at conferences, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm essentially just, you know, the same thing as my customer. Which, so. yeah, harmonizing, <laughs> with the, harmonizing with the audience. I, yeah, exactly. I've, I've found that kind of, uh, I don't know, balance between, or two sides of the equation where you've got some groups or some people that like to kind of harmonize with their people mm-hmm. or with their customer base versus um, how much they include them and just kind of oversee to make sure you know they're in check, they're not doing anything dumb, that, that kind of stuff. And somewhere in between, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting to watch different groups be on different we- sides of that. I also mentioned that we do MPS surveys. You're familiar with MPS, or no? No. Okay. Name sounds uh, so, familiar, but I'm right. like, so uh, it's a no. net promoter <laughs> score, right? Okay. So, so you ask like one to ten, how are we doing, right? And yeah. if they're under six, then they're a detractor. If they're seven and eight, they're a whatever passive. Mm-hmm. And nine and ten are the people that are actually out there promoting your service. And so NPS surveys, uh, you know, promoter.io, um, uh, Delighted, there's all these NPS survey uh, companies. 
mm-hmm. and that you can even hook them into intercom or whatever your CRM is and all that kind of stuff. And so you can like get feedback, you know, quarterly, you can send them out quarterly, you can uh, you can see how your NPS score is changing. And this this the fact that they rate and then oftentimes give you feedback, uh, you can mm-hmm. see exactly and you can look through all of the haters and see like <laughs> what what are the haters hating on, you know, and and how can I use that to and let me build my that. Product? <laughs> Yeah, how do how can I use that to inform my product roadmap? Yeah. And and if you realize that, you know, your product is not going to be a fit for everyone, and so you realize that, you know, some of these they're just never going to be a fit for, you know, our style of producing content, and others, you know, they're actually a fit, but they're mad at our service for whatever reason. And so um taking that and, you know, maybe it's like you're not releasing enough courses, well that's you know, we're working on that or, you know, but, but, or, or it's like, I really want to learn this topic. And you see that same topic over and over again. I'm like, okay, then I'll reach out to Twitter or reach out and say, you know, to my audience and say, Hey, like, who do you think would be the best teacher for this? And at that point, they just like, you know, usually point to the exact person. And then then (laughs) there's like this wave, like, Hey, come, come do this, you know? And, and so it works out. But the NPS surveys are, you know, if you're, running a product company at all like you need to do nps surveys because that's a way that a a very simple one to ten rating they can give you feedback and nps surveys have a very high rate of of uh people actually filling it out because it's just literally one click and then it asks you you know to give feedback after you've clicked and some people don't actually give feedback after the fact but you can Mm -hmm. follow up with them and say hey you rated us a four you know I'm sorry, the product's not working for you. Like, what what can we be doing better? And people will often, like, respond to that. And so I've had, like, it was in January. I was like, I'm going to respond to every single one of these. And I responded <laughs> to, like, over 700 people, you know, full threads, like, back and forth. And really got a, you know, a huge insight to, like, what exactly my customer wants. What's, you know, it's like, at that point, you're like, you talk to them and they're like, you know myself better than I, I know myself. You know, it's it's like crazy because you're just so in tune with, you know, that. Yeah. So I recommend any CEOs or product people like get that NPS survey going and, you know, really like spend some time yourself, like, you know, actually um, talking with your customer. Yeah. And 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 put in something like Intercom IO because that's just been amazing uh, to be able to talk, you know, have two-way conversations or I'll be on my mobile app or whatever, just in the car and some customer just, says something and I just type it back to them or, you know, and then, then we have our team that all have a- access to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chuck knows the type of response or type of messages he responds to. And, you know, I've got kind of my area and, you know, Kai has his area. So it's, it's really great um, to manage team communication. Yeah, well, the NPS surveys uh, in that style works really well. I, I mean, I can see that working really well because the people typically complain more than they uh, give you praise, I guess. From yeah, from just I mean, people give praise, and that's that's a great thing. But from on a daily basis, you've got people who just don't say anything. Uh, you mm-hmm. got a few people up here that are nice enough to say, you did a great job. I love this, whatever it was. Um, and it's great if the product's doing an outstanding job and you're getting rolling uh, parts of that. But uh, 
usually someone complains about something because it falls short of their their vision yeah, of perfection. Yeah, they have a real need, and they want. They thought you were the person to solve their need, and that's why they're frustrated and hating on you because you, for whatever reason, missed the mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it always confuses me. Like when I'll go several weeks, and like all people will say is like praise, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I guess we're doing something right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you see it in the cancellation numbers, you see it, in, you know, in other things. But the NPS survey really gets people like active, you know, to talking because, you know, there will be, like I said, weeks where you know it's it's pretty light on communication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, get those going if you're not already. Uh, what one other thing I, I ran into, and, and this comes into uh, companies that survey quite often or, or use that as, as pulling the data back. They'll, and this is very prevalent with a lot of the tools out there. They, uh, basically say which ones out of this list, which ones do you like? Or they'll give them a range saying, you know, from a scale to one to five, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And that it, it's kind of unfortunate because there's a, there's another, situation going on there where you're trying to get anyone to participate versus uh, actually getting a result out of them. Because all, all these other methods, they typically are you trying to interpret for that individual what their priority list is. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things. So if you were to ask someone between three different things what they want and two of them, they said, on a scale of one to five, yeah, they're both fives. And you're like, okay, what do you want? Well, oh, I yeah. gave you my and, answer, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. And I'll I'll make one comment on determining what people want. Uh, there's a huge <laughs> difference between someone asking you for features when they're using your product for free, yeah. versus the people who actually have taken out their credit card and paid, right? So yeah. the needs end up being very different. You know, one person is actually getting, you know, monetary value from your product to make them better at their job, to make them, you know, become a, you know, a superhero in what they're doing. And, you know, that type of feedback is gold compared to, you know, the free feedback where, you know, you have all of your free users, you know, asking you, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this other thing? It's like, well, you know, they might not even be in your target audience. They're actually trying to take the product away from its core. You know, it's like people ask us all the time, hey, can you do Python or Rails or blah, 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 like whatever, you know, self, you know, yeah. whatever they, they need. And that's fine. But, um, you know, I mean, for us, we have a focus and that's on user interfaces and, and creating great user interfaces and everything yeah. sort of, you know, fits into that. Right. And I, I guess that's all I'm saying is like free feedback. You got to take it, you know, with yeah, a grain the, of salt the, compared to people who have actually enter their credit card and 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 you can also see like are they engaging with your product like that's why I like intercom is you can send little event hooks and say mm-hmm. like this person completed a video this person whatever and uh and the, with through these events you can look at a customer's profile and if they're complaining you can not only see you know their nps score that they gave you but you can mm-hmm. also see like you know, th- how many times they've completed a video, you know, how many videos have they completed? If they've completed less than five, that means that they haven't really engaged with your product. And you take that feedback with, a, you know, 
in context. Yeah. And so, like, I like where all these tools are going with with Intercom and Promoter IO, where they can share data and stuff like that. Um, and you can get context on the conversations that you're having with your customers. And I think that that's where a lot of I see a lot of survey results fail is because they're they're you know they're blasting everyone and there might be a lot of people that are responding that have never paid for anything and then other people who have paid but not engaged with the product or people who are you know super power users and you know you have to you have to really consider all of that feedback and and contextualize it if you yeah the contextualization is is definitely a challenge if you is free users uh, they tend to be more demanding um, than of course. paid. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because they want everything for free. But it, it's still... Uh, and, and the thing about software is you start out with, you know, you start out with a car, right? But with yeah. software, you can make that car a submarine now. And, yeah. and then now, <laughs> like, let's add freaking wings. And so, like, the engineers have to go, okay... Well, if it's underwater and then it surfaces and then blah, 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 and then it flies. And it's like, well, you know, if they're in, in it for too long. Now we need to add a porter potty and blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> or, you know, we need to use a, add a restroom and blah, blah, blah. Like, and you can do that in software. You can literally make something that wasn't, you know, and now yeah. it's this like huge hybrid of like all of these things that people have requested. And you really have to, you know, zone in on what is your focus? What are your goals? Yeah. And We're, then uh, we want to send yeah. it to Pluto. That, that's what we want. Yeah, exactly. The free <laughs> users will ask to for you to send them photos of yeah. Pluto all day long. Well, between the feedback that you're getting from free users and paid users, if you had a way of I don't know, kind of controlling the the voice of the free users. Well, you can segment like in NPS and these yeah. these tools now. Like you can take an email list and say, "Here are all the people who have, you know who are free users," and then uh, get an NPS score from them. Um, and then here are all your paid users who are you know who have completed a video over you know say like they've completed at least five videos you know mm-hmm. you know and paid right and and you can see like okay these are our engagers. Right or you know these are the people who haven't used the product in 30 days, etc. So there's there's ways you can segment and you know send you know segment it based on your data and send it out to only those. And I think that's that's where you're going to get your most valuable feedback is you know having some context around who is the who are the people that are giving you feedback. Okay, so what um, what do you actually find is the either the hardest or most flawed parts of the of trying to prioritize the next steps of of trying to determine what is next uh what are my biggest flaws <laughs> well not not saying personally just in, yeah, in yeah. experience what what have you noticed i see so what what do other people do <laughs> yeah, i mean any, what, any what, perspective so. yeah yeah any uh yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is not validating the need, you know, and not having that be the focus. Um, I, you know, at this point, I've mentored a lot of entrepreneurs, and the biggest frustration I have, and I keep telling them over and over again, is you are so convinced that the world needs your product, 
But I'm not convinced. You haven't convinced me. You haven't convinced other people. Like, you know, you don't have an email list of 100,000 people knocking on your door to have this product, right? Start building it. Start building that email list. Start building that demand. Start putting up landing pages. Start putting, you know, use lead pages. You can do it, you know, in three seconds, you know, to to get, um, you know, start collecting leads on this need. Uh, Start socializing in your Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Like, like do it just like start getting some you know some uh validation of the need and put it out there you know put out um you know crap to start with it's like one guy wanted to spend like $500,000 building this huge system and I was like dude you can do this with with a shared excel document <laughs> like that's all you need like yeah. and you could probably get you know i mean this excel document could probably scale to your first you know 5000 users if you really mm-hmm. wanted it to, and, and you any can programmer, toss it on Gumroad and let them yeah. handle all the processing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and any programmer can take the data and slurp it from Excel, and you know, whatever, and yeah. slurp it from Google Google Sheets or whatever, and you know. So I think that people typically overthink um, what they actually need to build in order to validate the need, because they could indeed have the right product, but mm-hmm. it's all in you know, the execution. And you'll hear entrepreneurs saying that all the time. It's all about execution. But it really is. I mean, it's it's about, um, you know, getting something out there that people can react to and ideally hate on so you can use that <laughs> as feedback and get more, you know, get more, uh, get some traction. Because uh, really it comes down to traction and growth. And if you're not seeing growth, then your team is going to be demotivated and nobody's going to care about what you're doing. You know, not only you, but, you know, I mean, maybe you have the fire, but but your your team, unless they're seeing, you know, more users come in and more, you know, uh, more money and whatever, you know, whatever your measure is um, of success, even in nonprofit, like people want to be part of something that's growing. If you're growing, um, you're going to have a great team and you're going to have, you know, I mean, momentum is everything. And so I, you know, the biggest thing I see is people, you know, being in a dark closet and trying to, you know, build something and release it to the world. And, you know, that's that's where I failed in the past. You know, I this is not my first rodeo. And mm-hmm. I've built, I, you know, being a software engineer, I love to build. I can build, like, put me in a dark room and, and just give me a text editor and choose the language. And I will sit there and build for years without releasing anything i've done it i've done seven months of just building a system and never released the code to the world because i didn't care i all i cared about was my code Mm -hmm. and uh you know and so you know it was a huge you know uh learning exercise to say like okay well i'm not going to focus on the code i'm going to focus on users and what they need and all that kind of stuff and you know i've built rocket ships you know that nobody you know it took no one to the moon right it just It's this amazing rocket ship. I'm like, look at I built this look rocket ship. It's it's awesome, you know. But it's like, unless it's growing and growing in ways that people care about, um, you know, it's gonna die. No matter how pristine and <laughs> how amazing you built it, it will die, and nobody will care. And all of that time, you know, yeah. you spent on this earth, you know, working on that project <laughs> just will wasted. be literally just poof, gone, right? Yeah. And so the only thing that matters is, you know, growth and people using the product and getting, you know, more value from it. So in the early yeah. days, we, you know, I wasn't focused on growth. I was focused on, you know, how, like the few people that I have, how can I make them happy? 
Exactly. You know, exactly. So. I actually had a belief. I, I tried to open up a couple of the other ones uh, with, but we just went right out of the gate, which was which was great. Um, this uh, saying the the product is a uh, subject used to make people happier. Mm-hmm. Hence, you know, it's it's not actually about the products; it's about the people. And I yep. I find that often where people are just so focused on on the product and, like you're saying, building it, mm-hmm. whether or not they get it out there or not, <laughs> whether or not they have yeah, an audience and to sell it that's to. That's like being an it's, artist versus you know being you know a product person, right? Because yeah. like the artist side of me can sit there and paint a painting and I don't care if anyone sees it. I just enjoyed the, the experience, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you're not going to build a company that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, um, what, I guess, uh, what types of people, uh, do you feel might be getting, excluded or lost by proxy or delegate? I set up like a question. Yeah. So when you try and include people or, or I mean, this is either for your own process at uh, front end masters um, or just ex- from your own experience uh, when trying to include people, um, do you ever feel like there's certain user groups that aren't included and and helping to provide feedback and such, or they are, but I I notice this a lot in like enterprise stuff where um, you have a salesperson and all the customers talk to the salesperson. It's the salesperson's job to kind of harmonize with all the customers and be that delegate so the internal staff and when they're making decisions and when they're talking, that person, you know, the customer's feedback never makes it through the door. It's always rehashed, reinterpreted at the salesperson's level. And that's, that's more of the proxy where yeah. some things can be lost. Yeah. Times. I mean, being a startup, and like I said, uh, the last time I, I did an NPS survey was, you know, in January or whatever. And, you know, our service has grown a lot more. So I might not be able to, you know, in the future, be able to respond directly to 700, you know, people. Or 7,000. Uh, or Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I you mean, grow. No, I mean, yeah, as yeah. now it's, you know, in the thousands or whatever. And, and it would be, well, 700, yeah, up the thousand. Now it's more like 10,000 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at some point, I'm not going to be able to get all of the feedback, um, and that's that's where building a team and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you know, we're we're sort of in that phase of building a team. You know, we have like five six people that are working on this now, um, with you know most of their time and um, you know others onboarding. So I mean, we haven't run into a lot of that because you know we are a, a small startup and. Uh, you know, we are still in the early stages where we can talk to every customer. But I, I you know, I imagine that's a nice that's, place to be. Yeah, I, I imagine in the in the future, in the near future, we won't be able to, or uh, you know, it won't all make it up. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> all I can say is I, I don't think no, we're losing fine. anything. And and actually, uh, we do things to make. They always say like, uh, you know, if you train someone to uh to do something 
basically they'll you know it's a lot easier for them to do it again mm-hmm. and so like like uh uh i don't know if training is the right word but basically when a user or when somebody signs up for our service we immediately uh you know post a uh thing with through intercom directly to them that says hey can you tell us you know basically your experience level and what topics you're excited to learn about and uh so immediately we're trying to get uh, a conversation going and Mm -hmm. i do that like three times like in the first week just to try to get them to reach back and and it's amazing like the people who reach back um and and see that a a real human is going to actually respond to that (laughs) and then give them suggestions and open up a conversation now they feel very open to telling us whatever comes up in the future of you know them uh, being our customer, mm-hmm. um, and so that getting you know some type of feedback from them right away right, and getting that conversation going right in those first steps and and just nailing them over the head until they like respond um, allows them to to know okay there's humans behind this. And anything I tell them, you know, they're going to listen to. And, and we do, you know. And so I found that once we implemented that first, you know, onboarding experience and, and I do, you know, it does cost money to have, you know, someone respond personally to yes. each and every one of these messages. But what it does is it trains people that, hey, there is a human on the other end. And, you know, anytime anything's going wrong with our product, I don't care if it's a typo or if it's, you know, a link is going to the wrong place or, you know, there is, uh, you know, the progress bars weren't showing up or whatever it is, um, I will literally hear about any type of bug, glitch, anything like 50 or 100 times. Uh, like, it's just like amazing um, because if we screw up anywhere, you know, it's just like I just get land blasted <laughs> with feedback because we've we've established from the beginning that by paying someone to respond to people's, you know, um, their their personal, you know, basically needs and desires for our service, you know, we are saying we are invested in in uh, in in your success. I mean, really. Uh, by by putting someone who's you know uh, also a user interface developer also you know uh, has watched a ton of the content also you know uh, and and it you know knows the product uh, t- to give you personalized you know uh, uh, feedback so that's that's something that we implemented that's served us really well yeah that that's actually really nice it. You know, communication is always a challenge, let alone customer company or customer service communication. And um, Yeah, and people I, are always blown away. And a lot of times they're like, hey, if you wouldn't have had this in there, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just asked my manager to buy, you know, a, a team license. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, I, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, it works. <laughs> That's that's great, really. So yeah, I can see, and I I know um, I was talking to I think it was Alan Alan Branch at one point, and it was basically about this thing, including or excluding or or harmonizing kind of uh, thing, and um, he, he was very much on that other side of of, of uh, being completely built in 
to all the communication with all the customers, either him directly or one of his direct staff. So you had that nice, heavy communication mm-hmm. channel and engagement uh, cycle. And so um, on his side, they harmonize more. But uh, so, um, let's see. No, I'm trying to, this isn't really a hard question. <laughs> Mostly thinking how it applies to contextually put it, but uh, what do you wish could happen, but for whatever reason can't right now in trying to set um, uh, next steps for your organization, next steps for the product? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, uh, Okay, so you you do these experiments, right? And and when an experiment is successful, the ideal world is you put processes around that to scale it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know that's kind of been the focus is you know we haven't done a whole lot of new things. Um, we have you know experimented around this core concept of taking live w- workshop footage and making it accessible, right? And mm-hmm. and. And so we're in this process of, of sort of scaling that and um, making that as as good as possible. But I mean, I am a product guy. I have yeah. created lots of products. I've created over fifty user interfaces. I've made you know many companies millions of dollars off my interfaces, and I love like creating something new. So my frustration is now like. <laughs> moving into like a CEO manager and now all these people are, you know, basically working on this ongoing and this core concept is I'm like, you know, I have all these other product uh, things that are burning in me where it's like, uh, you know, I would love to, to launch, you know, this other thing. Um, and, and it's, you know, that's, that's been my focus or that's been my uh, conundrum sort of my 15 year history of being an entrepreneur is, you know, I was going into all these different areas, creating all these different products, like serial entrepreneur, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that really works. Uh, the only way you can really be a true, like, serial entrepreneur is it has to be within a domain that you really um, care a lot about. It should be in the same domain. I think that people start, you know, like I was doing a startup in rental and, you know, in finance and all these different areas. And what I realized that I care most about is education. And mm-hmm. so everything that I'm going to do is going to be around progressing other people's lives, right? And, and so uh, that's given me at least some scope. But even yeah. within that, there's a million different products and different <laughs> ways that you can, you know, excel somebody else's life, right? And, and you know, we have, we have a bunch of products that are, like, in prototype stage on my hard drive. But I'm like, ah, we don't have the team, you know, to support... Uh, you know, new endeavors. And so that's my biggest frustration right now is we have like, I'm like, man, nobody has this product. And it's, <laughs> it's basically working on my machine, but like, we need to get it out the door, but I don't have the team to execute on, you know, the immediate stuff. We have like 124 items in Basecamp that are all under like to do's, right. Yeah. And that's just within the existing uh, you know, the existing product and, you know, all the tools that, you know, to royalty system to pay the authors and blah, blah, blah. So you just There's need so that landing things. page out there you're talking about <laughs> for those different things. Just yeah. I mean, that. little experiments, right? So yeah. we, yeah. So yeah, moving, 
moving from a product experiment that works to now scaling it is really what my focus is because that's what's best for the users. That's what's best for you know, um, our current customers who expect more of the same from us. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's my biggest frustration <laughs> is like, you know, I need probably 50 people or so to, to, to be able to execute on all my ideas for the current project and, you know, and, uh, being able to go into another, uh, another area with, with education. So yeah, I so mean, we'll do, get there. Do you already have customers for those other I know it's generalized 50 products that you have out there or there are ideas well, that you've kind of worked up and you're, well, I you're said, yeah, experiment 50 developers. I need, or sorry, but, 50 yeah. developers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to, to execute on my, all my ideas, um, you know, well, it could I, be 50 ideas for all you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot of ideas. Um, yeah. Do we have customers? Yeah. Yes. Um, the, you know, the core product is mm-hmm. people trying to learn, new things, right? And and learn them in an in-depth, rigorous way. And so we already have, you know, uh, 10,000 whatever, you know, user accounts or whatever. Um, you know, people have paid for real things. Um, so, you know, there's a, a segment of them that would be interested in, you know, like I said, it it's all within education. Uh, so mm-hmm. all my ideas, um, you know, are, are all within the same domain. So they really cross over. And, you know, when you do it under a brand that you, you know, you control in this case, front and masters, if we, you know, we can use our brand to, to say like, okay, well, we're going into this other area and, uh, you know, we can put out experiments and, and launch them to our existing, uh, you know, customers that actually pay for things. And we can also reach out to the broader community and say, Hey, you know, are these things, you know, more interesting or are these things interesting to you? And so, um, yeah, having that initial customer base means that those are your, you know, those are your people, though they trust you. And so if you, if you release new or different things, um, you know, yeah, they're open and listen, they're open to, yeah, listen. trying out the new thing or whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, the thing about a brand like Apple or whatever, right? They, they have so many people out there. They can just release something, and even if it's yeah. a flop, right? They know, like, oh well, this isn't one of our core products, so let's you know try <laughs> another thing. And uh, you know, they hit some home runs with their new you know their new products, and they keep going and they keep building that um, that audience that they can you know iterate. And uh, you know, send out new experience too. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I guess my my last question, if I may, is: um, Who are some uh, people or organizations or, or products that uh, you, as a CEO and uh, a product manager and, and such, that you kind of look towards yourself to say? I think they're doing a good job in this, in this arena of, you know, being able to execute. Cause I, I know I say prioritization as we start that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. The execution is really the end result you're trying to get to an outcome to make people happier. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in our space, the, you know, the biggest companies are Pluralsight and O'Reilly and, um, you know, O'Reilly is like, they say approaching 200 million in revenue and Pluralsight somewhere in the 80 to 100 million. Um, Pluralsight's the most valued sort of e-learning company. 
And uh, both of them are our partners. Um, O'Reilly, we're just finishing the, the legal yeah. on that. And That's so we were able to put our videos uh, in, in their camp and, and reach their customers. Um, and they pay us back a royalty. And so that... Um, that's interesting because, you know, we're making, you know, Pluralsight like, you know, millions and millions of dollars, uh, mm -hmm. you know, of their, you know, whatever, 100 million, you know, we, we have a certain percentage of, of their customers watching our videos um, mm -hmm. through their platform. And it's, it's really cool. So we're making them a ton of money. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm able to talk to the CEO and I, I look up to him. I mean, I, he has like an Instagram and he has like a five, you know, a big family and they're always like traveling yeah. and doing all this cool stuff. And, and I'm like, man, that's awesome. Like he's able to like keep family a priority and, you know, run this billion dollar company or whatever. Like that's pretty awesome. And so, <laughs> I mean, typically I, I look at people living sort of balanced lives um, mm -hmm. that are also doing big things in the market. And I, you know, I'm like, wow, like that would be cool to, to get to that level, uh, you know, emotionally and, you know, be able to, to, uh, yeah, keep, yeah, keep family as a priority and, and be able to do amazing things. So, I mean, yeah. those are, yeah. So I would, I would say like Aaron, uh, Sconard from, uh, Pluralsight, uh, you know, every, every conversation I've had with him is, been pretty warm and and uh it's 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 really cool to see him and uh doing that doing something at that scale and uh you know in our space there really isn't too many big players um so what about outside of your uh, your space like just i mean you're commenting yeah. on say apple for example and you know they yeah create a create a project and maybe it's a flop maybe it's not um but are there are there other um, individuals, let's say like you follow on Twitter or you, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not one to really create heroes mm -hmm. per se, like, and, and f I never have been my whole life. I've never been like, okay, this person's a hero. Like I want to be like them. Um, you know, I, I try to, to see what kind of patterns make them successful mm -hmm. and I apply them to the things I care about and hopefully I'll, achieve yeah. some similar level of success so like timothy ferris is like always pumping out really amazing interviews and stuff like that through his podcast and always always putting out content um gary vaynerchuk always putting out content right and yeah. i have no idea how these guys you know keep putting out amazing <laughs> content you know it's really like i don't really like watch a whole lot of things outside my industry to be honest like i like I think user interface development and user interfaces and touching the technology, um, being able to control it, like, is the most important thing in this era. I mean, I think I think it is super important. I mean, I I know there's other things like you know fighting diseases and and getting yeah. you know getting people water and all this stuff like charity water like that CEO I charity water I do look up to him. Holy crap, like that is amazing. Like saying like, okay, every dollar you gave, you know, it's really going to go to drilling wells. Like honestly, the human humanitarian people, like I I probably look up to more than I do like most CEOs cuz, you know, it's like what are we doing like, you know, we're making widgets better and stuff like that. But but I mean, in reality like like we are doing, you know, big things, but 
but in reality, like giving people water is probably bigger. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean charity water, you know, obviously like um and and you know, locally we have a couple of really cool companies. Sport Engine, um he uh Justin Koffenberg, he basically uh uh, has like somewhere around a fifty million dollar company in sports tech and like all of the uh, the like kids sports and stuff like that um, up to college level uh, basically put all their data into to sports engine and so he has a really cool thing going it's scaling like crazy like like crazy and uh, you know and we'll go out and have a beer and and he'll like you know share some of his thoughts and. It's really cool. Like he even offered to like whiteboard and you know kind of talk about you know structure, team structure and all that kind of stuff. And uh, same with like Matthew Dornquist runs Code Forty Two, um, you know, which is which is another like hundred million. I don't know. They raise like fifty million from Excel. So like he'll spend like you know we'll be hanging out having coffee for like two three hours like talking about all sorts of things. And so I mean I. I'm typically a person, and then obviously, like all the front end masters, like each yeah. one of them are like the best in their field. They're not a not only able to create amazing technology, but they're also able to communicate its value to you know and open that up to a lot of minds. And so each one of these people really carries something that I, you know, admire and I look up to. Uh, you know, so in a lot of ways, I'm influenced by the people that. You know, I'm able to connect through front-end masters, uh, through like yeah, a couple of cool C- CEOs we have here locally, and then you know, I don't know. Uh, like I said, Timothy Ferris and and uh, and Gary Vaynerchuk are always pushing out uh, awesome, inspiring content. And you know, like Timothy Ferris podcast has probably been like the coolest thing uh, that I've listened to recently. Thank you for listening. Show notes, links, and resources are available at NoPriorities.com. Help the show by subscribing, rating, and commenting in iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at NoPriorities. That's K-N-O-W Priorities. And once again, thank you for your time. I'm Randy Skopasek. Have a great day.